previously on Anything Goes. I mean, that's the trick to sort of get your opinion and make it funny enough that so people don't even realize that they're learning something along the way. Well, at some point, you have to examine what your opinions really are and why you're doing certain jokes, which is something that I had to reckon with because I sort of came from a tradition of of uh, confrontational comedy, of, uh, of provoking audiences and, and, and creating... Uh, uh, a sort of like you know, a challenge, right. and and then you know if you're an angry person and you have to decide what are you really angry about? Are you really angry about what you're talking about, or are you just angry? Yeah. And and you know there there's something about doing self righteous material that it creates a a a sense of of self up there that you can walk off and go, see, they're fucking stupid. Yeah. They didn't get me. <laughs> right. Or like, you know, like, I see, I showed them or whatever. But, but you know, I think deeper than that with my own personal experience is like, well, why are you doing that? Is that an emotional problem or do you really believe that shit? And now, let's get to a new exciting show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? Don't touch that dial. It was molested and it brings back horrible memories. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. And Kathleen McGee. And I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. Can you dig it? Kathleen, is that your new merch? I wish. I bought it. I bought it from somewhere else. Where did you buy it from? Where did you get that shirt? Uh, some ink something. I my friend showed me this. Like she found these like uh granny panties with the golden girls on them. So I went there to buy those, but then I found this. Oh okay. And then they have this, and they have it in underwear form too. But I'm like, oh, this is the best. Well, do you associate that with Goodfellas? Goodfellas? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I literally, you know what's funny? I just watched all the Godfathers this week because I'd never seen them all. Yeah. And I sat down and I watched one, two, and three. And it was like, I, and then I made spaghetti and meatballs. I don't, I don't think I've ever even then, actually watched part three. And then did, <laughs> and then did you spray your uh, driveway with water and water and the concrete lawn? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And covered. Uh, three is good because three is good because Sofia Coppola is, is actually really bad in it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like Wait. I didn't. I whenever I watch movies, I go onto IMDb and then I start. I always read the trivia. Right. And I, there's so much trivia about the third Godfather because it was yes. supposed to be with Ryder, and then she dropped out, and then he cast Sofia Coppola, and she she is like not good in it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I you know what? Now I, I I remember I did see it, but I don't count any movie that I saw before like twenty five counting, because I was like I just barreled through a bunch of movies before then, you know. Now I watch a movie through a different set of eyes, so I'd remember it more. Like I obviously I remember kid movies, but any movies with any kind of emotional weight before twenty five, I was I was too young. Well, what? So what? So, uh, but like, so when are your favorite movies from? 
No, I mean, obviously, I have a, a, a tie to the, the 70s in terms of great movies. Right. Um, you know, The French Connection and, and The Godfathers and all that stuff. But uh, I've rewatched those to be able to say that. I saw them all in my early 20s when I went through my film kind of period of watching a, almost a movie a day. But oh, your film yeah, before 20, what's that? I said your film auteur phase. You're when yeah. you're learning it. So, all right. Well. Yeah. But you know what I watched? I watched and I'd never seen it. And I thought it was going to suck because I hate superhero movies. But I watched uh, with my kid, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Oh, was that a cartoon? Yes. And it was fucking kick-ass. Like, they shouldn't make another live-action Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree they shouldn't make another live-action Spider-Man, but I don't know if it's necessarily because that movie's so good. I did enjoy that movie, but... Um, and I think it's a reflection of my... Uh, my the, one of the reasons of why I went to a, a sleep study, that I think I fell asleep during that movie. I saw it in the theaters. Okay. Which I was not... I was looking forward to seeing it. I've seen it on TV since, but... I, th I think that's age, Dave. I don't think it's the movie. No, no, no. no. That's honestly... Because one of the guys... When I went for the study, I said I have a... Uh, I'll drink a coffee in the morning, and then about an hour and a half later, I'll crash really hard. And uh, so I don't know if that's if that's the caffeine or, or what is that. He's like, you're, you're not getting enough sleep. But one cup yeah. of coffee or two cups of coffee, which I said that I had, should keep you awake all day. Yes at least awake, not necessarily functioning any higher. Yeah, but, but that's my point. My point is you can't blame that movie. It's not that movie. It's your age and your, your sleep apnea. That's No, no, no. I, I never I never blame the movie. I said, if I just, we rewind the tape days, you blame the movie. No, I, I said I slept, not because I of the movie. I will defend Dave on this because he did say that that's why he went because he couldn't believe that he fell asleep. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's I was why. upset that I did. So, But yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of, I, I know everyone I've and everyone I know that has seen that movie has loved it. I just can't pay attention to movies, and I know it's like now I know that I have ADHD. I watch everything with um, uh, closed captioning. Yeah, who right. doesn't? I do. I do. Yeah. But it sucks because it's always like ten seconds ahead of the actual dialogue. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. Don't yeah. Don't watch scary movies with that because it, like you literally know everything that's happening before it happens. It's very right. frustrating. Yeah, or any courtroom drama that is <laughs> sort of like. Yeah, and then you find out what they're going to say, and then, then they react, and then you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. there's two reasons why I watch it with that on, because when my kids watch movies, they actually, it helps them to learn to read, right. because they are reading words. But more importantly, you don't have to rewind so much when you don't hear something, because it's written down there. So if something is not, like their accent or something is hard to understand, I can read and go, oh, that's what they're saying. Because yeah. I've I fast-forward or rewinded like three times. What the fuck did they say? And then I had to turn the captions on and go, oh, that's what they said. Yeah, that's really helpful for Snatch. Yes. Oh, yeah. The movie. The movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's oh. horrible for everything. Yeah. <laughs> that would be helpful in the real life uh, when it came to Snatch, if there was yes. subtitles that... Yeah. <laughs> that can help what you out. Think? Lick up and down. Lick more yeah. here. More there. Alphabet. That's not subtitles. Oh, well, commands, you know, verbal yeah. commands, and somehow they would pop up. If you were wearing you, magic glasses. Why don't you just get good at it? Oh, no, no I, I, I am. I am okay. I, I've well. got skills. I've taken courses. I've yeah, got night courses. You took yeah. some night courses, right, night Dave? Night courses. Yeah. Yes. 
Did you know that you can get Night Court, the entire C- series on uh, Apple for like 30 bucks? Yeah, I'm not surprised. Well, can't you I'm watch it on, on, there's like a CTV app that I know you can watch like the Jeffersons, Good Times, yeah. that it's yeah. all free as well. But is Night Court on there? Because I really, really want to watch Night Court again. Did you have a thing for Dan Fielding? No, I, I didn't have a thing for Dan Fielding, but I, I remember watching one as a kid and I'm like, I think that's when I first found out what a hooker was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's when I told my mom that I wanted to be a hooker for Halloween. Oh, yes. And she was like, do you know what a hooker is? And I was like, yeah, she's a pretty girl, nice clothes. And then she goes, they let men burn cigarettes into them. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was your gateway? That's how your mom first said it? Wow. Wow, she really threw you into the fire of being Jeez. a hooker. Worst case scenario. Wow. Or best case scenario. I will never forget like that. Yeah. And then when my mom, went, when I was like six, she was smoking a cigarette and I asked her what if I could try it. And she was like, yeah, she just gave it to me. And I inhaled it, but I like inhaled it and puked everywhere. And I, I was never a smoker. Yeah, I know. I, my dad did that with a cigar once. And I yeah. packed my lungs out. Uh, if I was going to be a parent, I would do all that stuff just to like, you know, because that, that stuck with me forever. I never wanted to be a hooker. Yeah. And I never wanted to do like crazy drugs because my mom once, my grandpa was in a nursing home and the guy in the hospital bed next to him was a complete vegetable. Right. And my mom said he did ecstasy. And I don't even, he probably <laughs> didn't. He probably just was like somebody that had, was born that way, but. <laughs> right. Well, or, 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 or maybe he was just a really old man and he fought in the war and he lived a heroic life mm-hmm. and he had a family that loved him that just wasn't there at that time. But your mom said. No, he was a young man. No, he was like in his 30s. Oh, okay. Oh, so maybe he just, yeah. he just partied too hard. and. Oh. Yeah, my mom's like, he's in, he's here because he did ecstasy. And I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah, he so died I- of being cool. That's what happened. Your mom sounds harsh. Did you like find out at six that Santa wasn't real or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She told us one year, she's like, the Easter Bunny's not coming because he was hit by a car. <laughs> she did. She did. Wow. She just didn't want to buy us chocolate. <laughs> well, you know. I think this might be kind of why I don't have kids, partially because of my mother. Because I'm like, I would be off. Like, I would be great, but awful. Like, I would... I would, I mean, one of the only reasons to have kids is to mentally destroy them, right? Or, sure. or, or try to, or either give them the life that you didn't have or, or, or have the ability to keep fucking that person. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Screw it. If they Let's want a kid, if they want a kid and you want to keep fucking them, you have to have kids. I think if I had a kid, I'd feel like a failure if I didn't create a serial killer. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Good timing yeah. with the cat, Dave. <laughs> Because serial killers either had the best moms or the worst moms, right? They always have mom issues. I don't know about the best moms. I think you don't uh, either have a mother that was like way too overbearing and loved them too much. Oh, I'm oh, I don't know about that. I think that they usually had a mom that was either obsessed with them, yes. or, uh, yeah, and would beat and be cruel to them and stuff like that. Uh, well, it's, I've heard both spectrums. Like some that are just like the mother did everything for them and just right. coddled them. Yes, right. and then one that just completely ignored them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think most because I've watched a lot of the docs and stuff, and I think most of parents did not socialize their children correctly. I think that's a very common thing, whether it's mother or father. They just whether through coddling or not letting them go out, or or whatever, they just didn't grow up with very good social skills. 
That's like why that. I take my dogs to dog parks. Yes. yes. I don't want to raise those serial killing dogs. No. <laughs> like Sissy Spacek and Carrie, you know, like I think that level, that sort of form of a mom would be the one that would be like, you know, or you know, get out of your cage and practice sort of thing of now, now learn to dance or something. But like you know, there's the old theory that in stand-up comedy, most stand-up comics had an overbearing mother. That doesn't mean a bad mother, but they just have some kind of weirder relationship with their mother than they do with their father. So isn't it the opposite for girl female stand-ups? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would I would I'd ask you, I'd ask Walkinshaw. I but I, I think it's definitely in my case, I have a, a different relationship with my mother than I do my father. I get my sense of humor from my mother. She was a little uh, overbearing when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, my mom gave, my mom had a sick sense of humor. So I think I did get my humor from my mom. And then my dad was just like, my dad was very hands off. Right. Yeah, <laughs> no, my, yeah no, my dad was very much of uh, a yeah, sort of, I'm in the garage. Like that kind of guy. <laughs> like, ah, I don't know. That's yeah, why I have a garage, Dave. Just so I can say that to my kids. I'm in the garage. Oh no! Well, I wasn't so much of a garage, more of a shed. But I oh. would say he was more of a. Uh, I'm in the basement. It was, he was a. I'm in the basement guy. You know. Right. So, but I definitely do get my sense of humor from my mom. So, but and uh, I know my dad liked comedy. I don't think he was particularly funny or good at it, but he did like it. Like I remember him introducing me to like Monty Python and. And like Steve Martin records, but not really sort of getting on board with uh, like being funny or anything like that. I remember I watched, uh, I was at home for Christmas like 10, 15 years ago, and I was watching, I never watched stand up with my father ever. And uh, it's Christmas, so I'm sitting there, and one of the, uh, what was the Foxworthy tours with all the guys, what are they called again? Oh, the Blue Collar. Yeah. Yeah. So that was playing, and it was uh, Get Her Done, what's his name? Larry the Cable Guy. Yes, yes. He's on and he's killing. And my dad's, you know, laughing. And my dad's gonna be like, see, Darren, why can't you be more like, you know? And he wasn't he wasn't saying it to be mean. He wasn't saying it to be judgmental. He's just trying to say, you know, a little nicer, you know, this could be you. And I remember I, Yeah, I, I literally turned to my dad and I said, This is how Hitler started, which I now regret. I shouldn't have been so, you know, right to Hitler, but you know, he got the point. We never really talked about it again. I had an uncle once that it was must have been at Christmas or something, and he said to me, "Have you heard of this Jeff Dunham guy?" <laughs> he's yeah. like, "He's the funniest man I've ever seen," and I'm like, "Okay, well, now I know you're a little racist." Oh yeah, <laughs> that's always the thing when someone finds out you're a comic. They always ask you, "What do yeah. you think of?" And whoever they say determines how long that conversation's gonna go. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. how it's gonna go. Yeah, it's like a, a sort of a, a Christmas exchange once at a uh, with a, a girl I was going out with. I was at her family's, and so I was very uncomfortable. I don't really like to be around people I've never met unless they're an audience member. Um, and uh, and I remember they gave me a book of um, uh, "You Might Be a Redneck" if Jeff Foxworthy book, and I was sort of like, "Oh, thank you very much." Try not to sound sarcastic. And then uh, one of them. Uh, um, that's like divorced from the family. She goes like, "Do you know this? Do you know Larry the Cable Guy?" I was like, "Yes, I do. He is funny." <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I I remember before I started doing stand up was when Dane Cook first was hitting it like on yeah. MySpace, 
Yep. And I remember thinking, this nobody is funnier than this man. Like this man is the funniest human alive. Right. But then, then you start to like watch other stand-up comedy, and then you're like, okay, no, that wasn't even close to to. But, being... al- but also, how old were you then? I would have been like twenty. Right, you were in the you were in the Dane Cook demographic. That would be the top end of that demographic. So, like I. If I was, it's like, I remember back when I was 19, I paid for a hypnotist and he made someone fuck a chair. And I thought it was the best $5 I ever spent. Five bucks? Five bucks, because it was college, you know, five bucks to get in, people fuck chairs. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And, you know, now I'm 49, watching someone fuck a chair doesn't do it for me. So that's how. I will admit that hypnotists, as as weird as they are, I I still think that it's, I always laugh. (laughs) Right. I I just. I, I'm not saying I don't believe it exists and it doesn't work. I think it does work on people. But to, I've always said this. I used to even do a bit about it. You guys may remember it or not. But if they could actually do what they say they can do, mind control, why wouldn't they be fucking robbing banks instead of making cluck like chickens in fucking Abbotsford? You know what I mean? It's like, and, and, because I met someone out West, because out West hypnotism was bigger than out East. I met a woman. She said she'd been hypnotized 31 times. And I remember saying to her, you know what? I would be hypnotized once and then I would never do it again. one times, that's crazy. I did it in, in high school. There was a guy named Wayne Lee, Wayne Lee, the hypnotist. Right. Okay, came to our high school and I got hypnotized. And from like, I don't fully totally, but I remember like, just like, he made me dance like a chicken or something. Yeah, it's always right. a chicken. Yeah. And it's like, I... I feel like I I just did it. Like I, it didn't feel like I was like, well, if I don't do this, it's not. But I felt like, well, I should do this. Right. I don't even know if I felt like I was like I had to do it, but I, it was more kind of like, well, I, I better do this so that people have fun. And I don't know. It was kind of like a weird, like whenever we used to go to Klondike Days in Edmonton, they'd always have the hypnotist show, and it was always like everybody would go watch it, and it would oh. be the funniest thing ever, and yes. it'd be such a thing to get picked to get hypnotized, and like. The stuff they would do would not fly nowadays. Like they'd be oh. like, "Go over that woman's breasts," or "Go and oh, make yeah. out with that man," or something like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, run around with a dick on your head or something like that. Yeah. yeah. The, well, uh, they they wanted they tried to have me hypnotized once, and I was with Johnny Gardos. He came late, and I'm on stage, and of course I'm not hypnotized, but I'm going to act like I'm hypnotized because it's a Wednesday night. I'm not working, and they had a cardboard cutout of Pamela Anderson, and he wanted me to make out with it. Yeah. Like that was the whole thing. So before I made out with it, I spit in her face. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then, and then I made out with the cardboard cutout. And you should have seen the reaction. Those 200 fucking people at the Blackfoot Inn. They fucking lost their shit when I spit in her face. Oh my God. Oh my God way. Like, oh my God. Like, and I mean, I spit like dirty girl spit. Like, and and that's that's when the guy's like, okay, we're going to take a break. And uh, then Johnny came and he actually got hypnotized. It was kind of crazy. But I remember just acting. And I think a lot of people act like they're hypnotized. And don't get me yeah. wrong. I'm sure the hypnotists know which ones are acting. They get rid of them. They're not stupid. I know some of the hypnotists. They're, they're good guys. You know, whatever. It's yeah, not my, it's not my defend hypnotists. But... No, but it's not, it's not my thing. But, you know, they're making a buck, whatever. No, but I mean, you're, it's, it's, you're only going to do something that you would probably do normally in your... Yes. Sort of like... 
I mean, yeah, that's why your whole, why don't they get them to rob banks thing? If you would never rob a bank or kill a person or stab somebody, right. and then you get suggested to do it, you're not going to do it. No, but what I'm saying is if you can mind control people, why wouldn't you go and rob the bank? Not getting someone else to do it for you. You could just be like, you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Money's in a bag oh. and you're gone. Right. I really well, think it is the thing of like, you, oh, I'm picked to get hypnotized. I don't want to be the person that gets sent away. So right. I'm going to do this. So it looks like, I, like I, I honestly think, because I've watched Andrew Iwanek hypnotize many, many people. Andrew Iwanek, who's a comic in Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. And like, he does this thing where he pretends that he's like a Christian hypnotist. And he does the whole thing where he just goes over and touches someone's head and he goes, like, <laughs> people will just drop and he's not a hypnotist. Right. And then he's, I've seen like, Grown men pretend to be the Virgin Mary giving birth to Jesus on stage because Andrews told them to do it. Like, right. I, it's totally, I don't think it's like a real thing, but I also have heard of people having babies while being hypnotized. So I think it, there is something of like the power of suggestion. Yeah, they were of already pregnant first though, right? Yes, that's how they got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> the hypnotist got them pregnant. But I knew somebody that said she, she did hypnosis when she had her baby and she had natural childbirth. So. Oh, okay. Well, did you? There was a one show that I was at once where uh, um, it was a college show that um, that I I, uh, I went there with Pete Zedlacker, and I guess we and we had to stick around for the hypnotist guy, but we were waiting to get paid, and uh, so we had to see. We watched a bit of the hypnotist guy, you know, and he gets twelve people up on stage, and he sort of separates them. There's like eight chairs here, eight chairs there. He's in the middle, and um, I, I, I maybe I don't know if he still does this gag or not, but he gets everybody to take off their shoes mm -hmm. and put them in a big pile, and then um, he says, uh, "Okay, when uh, one of you from this side is going to go up and pick up a pair of shoes, and then if that person picks up your shoes and you're on this side, get up, walk over, grab the shoe, and call him the worst thing in the world." worst thing that you could think oh, of oh no i know and then <gasps> so he starts I... and then um careful dave yep i don't care no it's not me it's not me it's some other guy so pete and i are up on this sort of little platform and we're watching the whole thing and this is the stage that we were on just like a like a 20 minute like a big 10 minutes early and um so uh he, one guy picks up a shoe uh, another guy walks over grabs the shoe out of his hand and says give me back my shoe you filthy jew what? and and then both of us just look at each other and go, what the fuck? And there was this hush that went over the crowd. And then literally like two seconds later, they all went crazy. Then they all started cheering. And it was like, I mean, this is like, not like 10 years ago made it okay. But this was good, like a good 10, 12 years ago when Pete was with Yux and I, and we both did college shows and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, we heard when we heard filthy Jew, give me back my shoe, you filthy Jew. And then there was like a moment of like, <gasps> and then there was like, people were applauding and cheering. I don't know like who this guy was, if he was some, but, but yeah. But that was also in the, when co comedy was getting really edgy and it was pretty racist, like yeah. racist. And another, another Jews are clapping. He does not shower. You're right. <laughs> he doesn't shower. How do you know? We are dirty. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, if they would ever. 
the thing is, yeah, like, it, 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 he was colleges, an hypnotist too. At, at colleges, like, so I said, there's a couple I know. They're 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 great at what they do. Mike Mandel is still considered to be the one of the best hypnotists in Canada. He does clean clean hypnotism. And then Dirty is Tony Lee. The guy's a juggernaut. He does like two shows a day at colleges. It's unbelievable what you know. It's an X-rated hypnotist. It's it's the, like the biggest hit in all the colleges. Because I'd follow him. I'd be going the next week, like week two. And they're like, oh, last week, Tony Lee destroyed this place. So, I mean, there's a place for it. And, you know, young kids love it like I did when I was 19. You know, I just, the, 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 the weird thing is just how big it became out West in the 90s. Like yeah. it was, the comedy clubs were stopping normal shows and putting on hypnotism nights at the comedy clubs. That's how big it got. I blame the Calgary Stampede and Klondike Days because that was like the biggest show at that was like our fair or PE. That was the biggest show. Was they do like three shows a day mm-hmm. and it was Terry something and he was just like the biggest thing and it, people would like lose their mind if they got picked for oh, yeah. it. So much money off it because they videotape it and then you could buy the video for a hundred dollars or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Everybody could buy it. Like I don't know which is which like if magicians or hypnotists, like are they at the same level? I think magicians are a little bit higher than hypnotists. Right. Uh, yeah. In, in what? In some kind of hierarchy of, of cool or what? I don't know if it's cool or if it's just like, cause, you know, maybe a little bit taken seriously. I don't know. Oh, but, well, yes. No, for sure. If, if you're talking about level of being taken serious, magicians are way higher than hypnotists. Yeah. I, I don't, but in reality, that's how it's seen. A magician is still like, wow, that's cool. Hypnotist in the business, it's not seen as cool. It just isn't. I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's all a matter of what you're susceptible to. It's sort of like, yes. like if I'm going to the grocery store and I see a, hey, you could get two bags of Miss Vicky's chips for $7 or you can right. get yeah. one for four. I'm like, oh man, this is, I'm say, I'm losing money if I don't buy them. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm susceptible to that or yeah. I'm not susceptible to hypnotists because my memory or my attention span is too short like they'd get into it and i'd be like well what's that over there or what's that over there or hey maybe i should do this or you know oh i gotta go to shopper's drug mart or something like that to me as long as everyone just says hey this is entertainment people actually believe in magic they think magic is real and they're the people that are scary people we all know it's a trick same thing as hypnotism same thing as wrestling is fake just let's all say it's entertainment and that's it entertainment like I'm, when I lived in Vancouver, I got to know Wes Barker, who's really very, very talented. He does comedy and magic, and it's yes. actually, he is very successful. And very he's successful. Very talented, and like his shows, he kills, He's so, and he's a really great person. Yeah. And I, I do remember the once he had a friend that was in town that was a magician from Montreal, and he's a very nice guy as well, but he was trying to say, um, uh, you, if you, if I, I bet you I have your name tattooed on my ass. And if I do, you can buy me a drink. And I was like, no, because you, if you don't have Kathleen on your ass, you have your name. And then he was like, oh, he was so disappointed <laughs> that I didn't fall for that. And I'm like, right. I'm not one of those girls. That, I mean, I'm not that dumb. <laughs> You've seen a lot of asses. You've fallen for it a couple of times. Yeah. I was able to be like, fuck you. I know what you're trying to pull here. Yeah. I got you. Hey, this is Gavin Crawford. You can follow me on Twitter, at TVGavin. You're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. On Sirius XM. Uh, 
guess did any nobody neither of you watch the Mike Tyson fight that was on uh, no. no no I just heard a lot of like great things about Snoop Dogg and then I heard an interview with Mike Tyson and he's like I was high the whole time yeah I was so high. Yeah, he said he smoked pot before the show, and he says, that's just who I am now. Right. And it's, it was funny at the end, like, the guy, Roy Jones Jr. is here, Mike Tyson's here, and uh, then the announcers are like, hey, do you think you'd want to go through all the, like, hoops to get properly tested to get back into real fighting? And Mike Tyson was like, nah, man, this is more fun. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, yeah, so you got paid $10 million, you smoked pot before the fight, you right. probably have a killer instinct going on. But if any, if there was one winner, it was definitely Snoop, and I think his his favorite, my favorite line was something like, um, when uh, when Mike Tyson and, and Roy Jones were going back and forth, he was like, he was like, oh man, these look, these two guys look like my two uncles at a barbecue fighting over hot sauce. Yeah, and it was just like, and I think he was eating ribs during the the, the fight too. Well, but, I, I read uh, that I read that line in like forty different articles or posts or whatever. Not, you know, don't get me wrong, that's a funny line, but what else did he say? Because everyone keeps on saying how great Snoop oh. is. They just say that one line, He's, and I'm like, okay, that's a good line, but... Uh, he also said, uh, there's two things you can't... Uh, there's two things you can't fake, uh, boxing and pimping, <laughs> right. which I thought was good. But, I mean, he just did basic commentary for the whole... It was just really... Right, but that's what I'm asking. Like, overall, it was good commentary, because everyone just keeps saying that one line, and that's it. I know, it's, but it, it's the fact that it's... Snoop Dogg doing commentary right. for a, a fight, so uh, it was a good. Stewart show, it's like hilarious. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, no, it was it, 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 that. Was, other than that, it was just like look. What, but Dave, where did you see it? Did you go to a bar? Like you normally go for your pay per view stuff, you go to a bar, right? Yes. No, I actually ordered it here. At oh, night. you did. Yeah. And what did that cost you? You know what? It, I don't think when it comes to having a good time, I don't. Think... <laughs> How much was it? I am curious too. Uh, it was like fifty bucks. That's what? I mean, but but how much? That's a lot. They made a a good chunk of money on that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the thing was that they only showed the promotional footage from like like a month ago or the month and a half ago, and uh, Mike Tyson looked, and both of those guys looked a lot better a month ago. Right. And now they, it just looked like they were kind of deflated. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just looked like two old, it looked like two old shopkeepers just you know, yelling at, at each other from across the street. It was, just, <laughs> it was really just like an old, it just like two old black dudes. It was, uh, I mean, it was fun to see Mike Tyson, but I don't know if. Uh, don't we're know clearly starved for entertainment right now because we can't go to movies. We can't, well, I mean, they're all, we've, we're sick of movies. That's all we've been doing is streaming stuff. We can't go to concerts. We can't do anything like that. So they're just going to, we're going to start seeing a lot of weird entertainment coming out. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like 50 bucks. I know you thought that was a lot, but for me, I'm like, well, you know what that in the last month, you know, days you would normally go to bars and eat and drink and you know, your monthly expenses is a certain amount. You're not doing that anymore. Yeah, 50 no, bucks. No. So 50 bucks isn't that much really. No. And I had two friends over that I hadn't seen in a while. It was just cool to, watch you know some bad boxing and uh, right. a guy um uh, jake jake paul Lo logan paul's brother yes yes yeah that was the undercard that was a pretty that was a pretty sad fight right. he was fighting an nba player who'd never boxed before in his entire life right like it didn't even look like he trained it was just did it, he challenge conor mcgregor after yes yes he did what a dumb fucking idiot i hope he, i hope they fight i'd love well, to see. i don't even like conor mcgregor but 
What a dumb idiot. I would like, yeah, he's, he is the kind That's of guy. That's the case that of like, when someone gets 40 million followers, they think they're fucking, they can do anything, right? So, yeah, get in the ring, motherfucker. He's, yeah. yeah, I mean, the guy's a bit of a troll, so. It's like but, watching a guy headline a club or a girl with, you know, a million followers and they suck for 40 minutes. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, but then well, they can I always think, still say that I headlined. As soon as this, as soon as stand-up comes back, like, there's so many comics on TikTok that have, tons and tons of followers and they're doing one-liners mm -hmm. and we're going to be inundated with tiktok comics and it's like i love i love going through tiktok and being like people actually like spend hours making these videos and mm -hmm. like and like I, some of it's ridiculous some of it's like there's emotional tiktok there's like all this other stuff like i just want to do a whole bunch of like you can do duets where you react to stuff like there's some like some stuff that I'm like, I can't believe. I just, I, I think the, the, what's going to happen, it's going to be a huge, it's like the great reset in stand-up comedy. Everyone's going to be back to zero. And you may have a little bit of pull if you've been around a bit, but you're going to have very little compared to before this happening. And yeah. I think all the clubs, if they're even going to last, yeah. are either going to restart and just be like, well, you know what? Let's see how you're going to do as a middle. Or and then go be, from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think that a lot of times I don't think people, if, if you're coming out to see your favorite YouTuber who's going to be on at, at a Yuck Yucks on a Sunday night, then I don't think, uh, A, I don't think they care about if they're going to have a, a, a second show or bring the person back. No, they, they don't. They just want to have one big show and yes. that's it. Yes. Take their money off of it and just move on. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's why Screech did as well as Screech did. Screech was always a terrible comedian. And, uh, you know, that's why it's like, you know, they'll, they'll, he comes back once. Does he come back a second time? Yes. Does he come back a third time? Probably not, because the second time the dip was too big, and that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. But there's so many comedy clubs. There were so many comedy clubs that he could he could work a full year and never do the same one. Right. 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 But now, with the Great Reset, there's going to be fewer clubs, way more comics. Like you said, these TikTok stars and online people who are going to take spots and – now you're going to have to prove yourself and it's going to be very interesting that first year back. Cause I think, I personally think it's not going to be till next fall till you'll see live entertainment again. Well, oh, I mean, not, yeah, not till next, even 2022. Like, yeah. but like, it, it's so funny. Cause there's like this one area of TikTok that's like, they always have all these people that talk about narcissism and I'm like, this is the funniest, most ironic, yeah, like, right. this, this is the most narcissistic thing I've ever seen. Like people, there are people that think they're actual celebrities on there. They do, and they have a million followers. And it's just like, a, he's a truck driver or something. It's so weird. Like, it's like, we have hit this point where everyone is a celebrity. Right. And it's, it's becoming to the, like, where it's like, it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity anymore. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of like that Donald Trump thing. I mean, like, I follow Donald Trump on Twitter, but I'm not a supporter. And it's sort of like, you were going to see some... Uh, I just want to see what crazy shit that he says every once in a yeah. while, or, or some other, you know, you know Tucker Carlson or Tommy Lahren or Ben Shapiro. I mean, I, I might, I, if I follow them, it doesn't necessarily mean I support them. But I even, mean, if, if, you, even if you was water doing it, it down, huh? even if you water it down, Dave, you're still even if you say one in ten, those are still big numbers that would come out to support someone with their oh, dollar. That's sure. that's the that's the bottom line. It's like, yeah, of course you're going to follow. It's like, you know, following someone you hate just to see the shit. Right. I'll never spend a dime. But you know what? Two of those 10 people are like fucking hardcore and right. supportive, and they're going to pay dollars for it. No, That's but why they just, wear it, the MAGA hats. 
it's just, but it's that idea that if people see how many people follow them and think that all those people are going to come out to see them if they're in a certain market. Dude, if you like would have told me even five years ago that you could show me people reacting to them watching a song for the first time and they have half a million or a million views of that, that only takes like eight minutes to do in a fucking closet and they're getting half a million views. Like I have about three hours of stuff online and I probably have an aggregate of about 8 million views total for all of that three hours. Right. These people, eight minute video of watching painkiller by Judas priest, the black guy, half a million views. I watched it today. The great video, half a million views. It's just the way it's the way the entertainment industry has gone. And like, we sound like bitter old people and we are. Yes. We are. But it's like it's also like good God. Like, it's like I never thought to me, to me I'm not I'm not bitter about it. All I'm saying is I don't know where it's going. Yeah. I don't think it's ever gonna you're not gonna put the genie back in the bottle for entertainment. So I don't know where it's going. I I'm I'm content with I might not do stand up again the same way I used to. I was ending anyways. I'm on the downslope. I'm fine with it. But if I was like twenty five or thirty, like really getting into my groove of oh, I got ten years to really Fucking games changed, man. Well, it's sort of like, I mean, you ever watch, um, first of all, if if TikTok wasn't on Instagram, I would never see a TikTok video. I mean, I only I only see it from the Instagram app on my phone. That's the only- yeah, that's you're my, over 40. That's my access to TikTok. But- uh, You'll stay on it. That's the other thing is like, you're on it. And then all of a sudden you're like, I've been on here for four hours. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Because right. you just keep, it's like, it's worse than a YouTube rabbit hole. You go down these TikTok rabbit holes and then you find someone that's insane and then you go through and you watch all their TikToks and then they all have these part one, part two, part three and you're just like, it's it's crazy. Like I, I want to know the person that like the mastermind behind all this because it's well, insane. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's just like I watch the, I watch Tosh.0 and sometimes he'll have a, a, a celebrity profile and um, it'll literally just be a guy who's tasting uh, monster energy drinks. Right. And he'll do, do a review of each energy drink. And you just sort of think, and like none of these people are sort of like, oh, this is going to lead to this. It's there's something kind of unique and interesting about the fact that they seem to be just content, yes. you know, just doing these short videos. Yes, they, yes. They don't, oh, this energy drink is good because of this. Yeah. And do they, I don't know if they make money off of it or, or what, or some do, some don't, but it's not, there doesn't seem to be a lot of end game, but if that's, I guess the beauty of it in some well, way. That is, that is the beauty start. of the internet. That is exactly the beauty for me of the internet. As long as, as long as they don't think I'm going to monopolize this, I'm going to become the next Kanye West and it's going to move forward. Like there's a guy who takes fast food and makes sausages out of it. Have you heard of this guy? Uh, he'll take, no. he'll take like a, a, a McChicken He'll grind it up and then make a sausage out of it and then fry it and then eat it. Like that's literally what he does. He goes and it's, it's like, that's all he does. Yeah. And he's not, I don't think he has dreams of grandeur. Like he's going to be on the tonight show. He just does what he likes to do. And he does these that, little videos. I think that's a testament to how old you are. When you said his dr- uh, uh, dr- dreams of grandeur are being on the tonight show. Well, the tonight and- show's still on. And it they do a lot on. of web stuff. They still do a lot. They do a lot of web stuff. That's why I said that. Oh no, but I, it's funny that it's sort of like the I, it used to be, you know, eighties and nineties. Yeah, I get 70s, what you're saying. It was just like, oh my yeah. god, a Tonight Show spot. 
now it's like you're literally like a late night spot on TV is now basically just more content for the internet. Yes. Yeah. More people yeah. will see it online than. Uh, the new on thing the... is, oh, my TikTok got 5 million views and 2 million likes. Like that's the new going viral is the biggest thing now. But the thing about it is like, this is such a five minute fame celebrity world where you will hit it and then you're popular. And then it dies off. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're gonna be popular for a few, for, you know, a few months, and then where do you go from there? Uh, you know, I mean, it's yeah, it's the old 15 minutes of fame shit. But uh, here, do you want to uh, do you want to do a couple of those questions? What what? Sure. How long are we? We've been on for 40 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's try to get through the last five of those questions. Okay. Let me just get my. I gotta get a drink. <laughs> are you back? Okay. What well, what was the what was the point you're gonna make about you said the oh. 15 minutes of fame? Well, it's like look at the the guy that basically it reintroduced Fleetwood Mac to a brand new generation just from one yes. 10 second video, and he got a truck and he got all this stuff. So now everybody's just trying like that's the, that's the one thing about TikTok that I don't like is that the desperation on TikTok TikTok is so upsetting. Like you just right. see people are so desperate. Like there'll be people who are like, please, please just watch this video. I heard that this sound, I might get some views. Like the desperation on TikTok because a few people are hitting it mm -hmm. and getting money and getting free stuff. It's kind of sad. Well, look at those two guys out of Montreal who did their reaction video to In the Air Tonight. It got so many views that Phil Collins' music went up like hundreds of percent in a week. And the song went back into the top of the charts. Yeah. And the, and the other part is those kids aren't going to get any money. It's all going to Phil Collins. Yeah, and, and yeah, and comparative. They're going to make a bit of a bump. They yeah. get a bit of celebrity. Hopefully, they'll get lists of subscribers. But yeah, Phil Collins yeah. is the one who makes the money. But did yeah. that guy that did that guy that did the Fleetwood Mac song? Did he? Does he have other YouTube videos, or was that one just a flung uh, like a? It was like just a, a fluke. A, That's a fluke. TikTok is a fluke. I mean, yeah. I think they have algorithms and all this science stuff that I never get, but. But it was a total fluke. Like yeah. people hit some sort of thing and then it goes viral. And then all of a sudden you're getting a free truck because you're getting ocean spray to give you cranberry cocktail. Because that's another thing. Like it's influencing everything. Like how yeah. much? Well, first of all, so the story behind that is his car broke down. He took his longboard out. And he just, he went to work on a longboard drinking ocean spray. Yeah. So that's the one level. So yeah, boom, it gets Fleetwood Mac. And then Ocean Spray gives them a truck. Guess what happens? That goes around the world and all the press. So Ocean Spray gets another bump, and so does Fleetwood Mac. And then there's Fleetwood Mac. They actually did two versions, like the singer, uh, Stevie Nicks, and the drummer. Fleetwood did their response video, which went yeah. around the world, which got Ocean Spray and Fleetwood yeah. Mac. more. It's just a never-ending fucking cycle. So for about two weeks there, it was all about Fleetwood Mac and Ocean Spray. Yeah, and that well, was all free advertising. It's really just people. advertising. That's all yes. it is. That's all it is. is. It's just because literally when somebody hits, they'll get sponsored. Yes. Right. Oh, look, I got this shirt for free because I'm popular. And like now all these other people want to buy this shirt because they see it on somebody on TikTok. Like, well, yeah. And also, yeah, let's uh, let's not forget that that Ocean Spray is owned by Nestle and Nestle is the right. company that doesn't believe that uh, water is a human right. Right. And so it's, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it is, I mean, I think it's, it's, I like it more the fact that he was just some guy right. rather than he was like a YouTuber and he just hit it, 
He just happened to stumble upon this ocean spray. I mean, that guy should make a fucking ocean spray. Should yeah. cut him a check for a million dollars. It's nice they got him a truck. First of all, that's a write-off for them tax-wise. Yeah. They didn't really pay for that truck. Right. And they gave him a couple skids of fucking ocean spray. Yeah. But that guy bought worldwide attention for those two things, Fleetwood Mac and ocean spray, and all he got was a truck. Some well, people may think that's enough, Darren, but I, I don't know. In the no, business okay. end of it, that, that's a lot of fucking free advertising. Especially with Nestle. They, a million dollars right. is not Right. Yeah, but all, I, that guy wasn't trying to put out that video and hoping to make a dollar. But I that's exactly my point. What's in the world right now? This is how people get ahead, and it's crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, like we said, it was just a fluke to begin with, so. Yeah. But people are counting on these flukes happening for them so that they can survive. It's kind of sad and crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, one, two, three. Listen, Listen up out there. This is Jeremy Hines, Pat Thornton, and you're, and you're listening, listening to Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Anything Goes on Canada Laughs. All right, let's get back to this list. We've got we've got five to do. Number sixteen on this list of twenty. These are uh, get a point for each thing you haven't done. So we all have done this, but I'll say it anyways. Number 16 is met a celebrity. Oh, yes. I've met oh. Dave Martin and Darren Frost. There we go. <laughs> yes. Who is the biggest celebrity that you have met, Kathleen? Um, I can't. Not worked with, met. I'm trying to, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of anybody, like, just pops into my head, but I guess John Cleese. Well, oh, that's big. That was, and I couldn't speak. <laughs> right. That's that was big for me. But yeah, like I can't think of somebody like I'm trying to think of somebody out of not in comedy. Right. And I've because I've met like lots of famous comedians, but like I'm trying to think of like a movie star or something that I've met and I can't I can't think of So I won't count anyone I've worked with, like in a movie or whatever, because that's work. But just meeting someone, uh probably the biggest star I met was Weird Al Yankovic. 30 years ago at Much Music as part of a comedy festival, he was there. And I remember, the one thing I remember not only meeting him, but Dan Quinn, comic out of Vancouver, kept yelling at him, you're bigger than the Beatles. You're better than the Beatles. And I was kind of like awkward about it. It was like, okay, and just kind of left. It was pretty funny. Um, I think, uh, well, I don't know. I never really get starstruck by anyone who's sort of in our business as in like acting or comedy or anything like right. that because i think i because i know the steps that are involved in getting to where they got right and they're they, they you know they just were more successful than i was so i'm like oh okay well you know how to audition and you got this and that happened and that happened um but you know from being a kid i think i was most excited that time at xm when uh, uh Rowdy oh, yeah. Ronnie piper was there yes that was I I wish, got, that's the one day i wish i went in with you dave the, yeah, Roddy uh, Piper is a big deal for me too. That it was, and it was sort of, it was like I was meeting Samantha Fox, like to my two childhood heroes for different yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, so Roddy Piper. And then the weirdest experience I had um, with a celebrity was when uh, WrestleMania 18 was in Toronto. 
and they had the big fan expo where all the wrestlers go and you could get autographs and there's memorabilia and shit that you can buy. Um, I had two free tickets. I had the ticket to go on a Thursday and a Friday. So the Thursday I go, and of course I noticed that everyone who was in a wheelchair gets to go right to the front of the line. Oh, and uh, so I, I asked my friend, uh, Mark, I won't say his name, last name, uh, but I said, Mark, can you get us a wheelchair for tomorrow? I got an idea. So we go in with a wheelchair. You're and we, awful. Well, yes, uh, you are awful. Why, why can't they sit in line? I hey. have to stand in line. They're already sitting down. What's the big deal? Oh so, God. anyways, so, so they wheel us right to the front of the line. And then there's a, it's a Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, and Kevin Nash, big, sexy, uh, daddy cool diesel. And uh, so they have my, uh, my WrestleMania program. And then Kevin Nash signs it, and he asks me what happened to my leg, and I said, uh, "Oh, I, uh, oh, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, I broke it playing football." And uh, I have broken this ankle before playing football, but that was a few years earlier. And so the guy, so Kevin Nash was like, "Oh, you broke your ankle?" He's like, "He's like, yes." He said, uh, "Well, what you want to do is uh, gently insert your ankle into a woman's vagina, and then rotate it back, ro rotate it back and forth a few times." Do that 12 times a day, and you should be walking in no time at all. And then both, just my jaw dropped looking at him. Oh, I think it was just one of those weird moments where he knew that he could probably say anything to me, and I was just going to get wheeled out of there, because you're only there in front of them for five seconds. Who is Kevin Nash? Oh, he's, he's like this. Oh, did you see, did you see, uh, he's a wrestler, but did you see uh, Magic Mike, the sequel? Uh, maybe? Okay, he's the big, tall, seven foot two guy. Okay, okay, okay. And I think he has like really long, luscious, beautiful hair. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we, that was the weird. That was the weirdest. And when you look like him, you're allowed to put your ankle inside a woman's vagina and turn it as many times as you want. That's a big fucking ankle. And I was. I thought like, Remember when we met Ernest Borgnine? Yes. At Fan Expo, and you flirted with me. Yes, I do. I can't even remember what he said. I think he said something like, you're very beautiful. And I was like, ah. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah, well, other than the, the PTSD that we gave, uh, um, that I gave uh, Adam West uh, Adam West when I reminded him uh, who Darren Frost was. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was awfully strange. But I, um, other than that, um, I did wrestle Robert Downey Jr. off the uh, front, uh, the, the front of house desk at the uh, Sutton Place Hotel in 1991. When you worked there? Yes, I did work there at the time. <laughs> I was like the midnight concierge and Robert Downey Jr. This is before Iron Man, Tropic Thunder, and sure. it was at, he was at his low, low point, and he was really, really fucked up. And, and Daniel Baldwin, I guess, got kicked out of another hotel, and he had to go to the Sutton Place, because I guess one of the... Um, the bellhops saw that he had a gun with him or something like that. And so, <laughs> and a very drunk, oh, oh yes, and I did serve a breakfast to Christopher Walken, uh, who was filming The Prophecy in Toronto at the time, and I delivered breakfast to him, and he was asleep, so I had to wake him up. Do you remember when Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson showed up at my 30th birthday party at the Drake? Woody Harrelson? Were you? No. I was, if I was if I was there, I would have been. Woo. 
Everyone so loves Woody Harrelson. My thirtieth birthday at the Drake, and Woody Harrelson and Owen Wilson showed up. I was wasted, and I went up to Owen Wilson. I was like, "I didn't know you got the invite," and he's like, "Oh, it's your birthday." <laughs> and then Woody Harrelson comes in and literally, like a fishnet, grabs every hot chick in the room, and they all leave with him, and yeah. everyone's all eyes were mad. It was the funniest thing. He didn't grab me, so that felt that hurt. But uh, well. <laughs> You, had, you 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 still had uh, friends to entertain at your birthday party. <laughs> that was a fun birthday party. Yeah, I guess there's a weird thing of just celebrity and where you feel like you could get away with anything, and into some degree, and people will it'll just turn into like an urban myth, like the whole yeah. all the Bill Murray showing up and yeah. serving yeah. drinks and stuff like that. I, it's it's weird. Like I don't ever think about it, but then when I start to think about it, I'm like, well, yeah, I met that person. I've met yeah. that. Like there's been probably. 50 or 60 that I've met throughout the years and most of them are just like hey that's it because to be honest the only person I'd ever feel nervous is dead so it's not even a, a big deal uh, Gene Wilder would be the only one that I would feel nervous around that's it that's only because of childhood and Willy Wonka and all that stuff and Young Frankenstein but uh, anyone else like when I met um, what's his name Robin uh, Williams I never met Robin Williams I purposely oh. stayed away from spirits that night um What's his name? Michael Douglas. When I met Michael Douglas, it was no big deal. Yeah. When I met John Travolta for the movies, it was no big deal. You know, Christopher Walken was a bit of a weirdo with me, you know? Yeah. John Cleese was very, it was, I was, I, because when I was a little kid, I was either going to marry John Cleese or Tom Hanks or Scott Thompson before I knew that Scott Thompson didn't like women. Oh, okay. <laughs> have, you, have you ever told Scott Thompson that? Have yeah. you ever told him that? The yeah. first time I ever met him, I was at, it was at clandestine or whatever the underground and i was sitting there i think dave you were like oh scott Tom like yeah thompson's coming and i was like what and then i was sitting at the back and he came in and he's standing right next to me and he's like can i sit here and i like was like ah! i was like yes yes and then i stupidly said oh my god when i was a little girl i thought we were gonna get married before i knew what gay was and he goes that's amazing <laughs> what is that what is it? i mean i heard the kids in the hall didn't they get another season there's some they news got a story. time show, but I don't know what's going on with it. I think yeah. they're writing it because of COVID and the shutdown. Right. It, it got put on hold. But I they wonder what are... Scott's doing. What's Scott, what's Scott doing outside of that? Is he? I haven't heard yeah. his name in a long time, like touring was, or anything. It was announced that like it was announced in March. Like I think a week before we all got quarantined, it was announced that Kids and Hall got a new series, and then yeah, and then quarantines just made everybody. We should try to get Scott on here. I bet Scott would be really funny. I don't know if he'd be I willing to do it. Oh, yeah. I, I think we could We could probably get him. I think so. Yeah. One time uh, I went dancing with him, and it was a Spice Girls theme night. And I was like, I'm dancing with Scott Dawson the Spice Girls? I'm like, what is funny. happening right was now? Was that at that drag queen bar on College Street? No, it was on Queen. It was like, it was when he was started to do stand-up all the time. Okay. And he was coming out to all the open mics. Right. And we were just hanging out, and then we, we went into this one bar, and it was like a Spice Girls night. And it was like, that's the one I, I think Scott Thompson is so amazing because he was coming out and doing all the shitty open mics and waiting. Like, he wasn't oh. like, put me on. Like, he was actually he, he, like, he grinded it out. He yeah. was, it yeah. was awesome. He's yeah, one of I, my favorite humans. I give, I give him a lot of respect because he did, he yeah. really did grind it out. And he didn't care whether he killed or bond. He was working yeah. on what he wanted to work on to get it to a level that he could then tour with it. And I mean, I saw him have shows and 
They weren't great. They weren't terrible because they were interesting, but he wasn't getting a lot of laughs at the time. Right. But he yeah. was still and you know tinkering. And the next time I saw him, it was a little better, and he was grinding it out. And, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he never felt like he was entitled to it. He felt no. like this is not. He knew that this is not my territory. I'm going to climb the ladder the way everybody else did. Yeah. And what I thought was kind of what was good about his uh, about how he did it was that. I, he, I think he knew that he eventually was just going to do what, like a one-man show or he would do it at like a small independent theater. Right. So it's not like he was like, oh, I've got to do well in front of Mark Breslin or I've yes. got to do in front, yeah. well in front of this person. He, he never wanted to be on the roster of a comedy club right. because A, he's already famous and B, it's like, you know, he, he knew that people would come out to see him. But he, he, wanted to get, he wanted to get the goods first too. He is... He is really just naturally funny. Like he, yes. and that's like any comic you'll see that if they start and they like work through, they'll rise because they're actually funny. Like they're naturally funny and they're born to do something like that. Yeah. It's, he, he, yeah, but it was so, I like some of the greatest stories of my life have to do with it. Like when we went to his apartment, <laughs> he like, let me hold his Gemini or something. Yeah. I still like, I'm like, what happened here? Like. Well, it's and also his two gigantic black cats of yeah. named after Saddam Hussein's kids, Uday and Hussein. Yeah, which I was out of, like, out of any I, leading celebrity, all the kids in the hall. I've met all of them except for Mark McKinney. I think I met Mark McKinney for like two seconds, but all of them have always been like amazingly nice and. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's their rep. Yeah, for sure, they're all good guys. They're like yeah. the best human. I love them. They're I love all. I think Bruce McCullough is the only one that's a little standoffish. But uh, okay, I, I haven't really chatted much with Bruce McCullough, but he would be much more interested in chatting with you than me. Bruce McCullough said when Molly Shannon saw my tattoo of her, she posted it on her Instagram and then she was DMing me and I'm like, oh my God. And then she goes, my friend Bruce says you're very funny. And I was like, your, your friend Bruce? She goes, McCullough. I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I'm not a successful comedian, but that kind of shit was yeah, just very cool to hear. Like, yeah. well, I don't care if I never succeed in this business. That's like, th to know that like somebody that is your hero growing up is telling another hero. That's just, it's, I, I don't yeah, care if it's, it's name droppy. Yeah. It's like one of the most. A, a similar thing happened to me when I met John Panette in the lobby of the Halifax uh, club at the hotel. He had done a Just for Laugh show. I was doing the comedy club and he comes around the corner. He's really tired. I say, hey, hey, and I said, uh, John, I'm a comic. He's, oh, what's your name? I said, Darren Frost. He goes, oh, my opener today spoke really high, highly of you tonight. Said you're really funny. I said, well, what's his name? And it was um, Dave Hempstead. And I'm like, oh, Dave Hempstead, you know, killer. And we had a nice little moment. Then we got on the elevator, and I could really tell, like, he didn't want this conversation to keep going because he was tired. So yeah. I didn't say anything for the rest of the ride up. <laughs> the door is open for me to get out. Good luck, John. Hey, good luck, man. And that was it. And then he just kind of fucking, ugh. right? Yeah. And well, then he died. Yeah. Then he took the sandwich out of your hand, and then he collapsed yeah. in the lobby. Yeah. And then that's the story of John. But yeah, when things like that, it's weird. Uh, the circle of uh, of name like that, it comes back to you, and you're like, whoa, that's weird. I didn't even know that person even knew who I was. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, yeah. Let's I go just... to the next one. Okay. All right. We done with celebrity. Yeah, I think We're so. Done with been, other than other than uh, Frank D'Angelo, that's the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being skydiving? Have Never. you guys skydived? Never, Dave. I sky I skydived for my fortieth birthday, and I still haven't I haven't done anything with the footage. 
So I have footage of me falling out of the plane. But there was like another guy attached to me. I didn't want to do a. Yeah. I would, it would have taken like a four-hour course for me to do a solo jump, and I just kind of wanted to get. I just wanted to get it out of the way. I just wanted to have the experience. So. You should like free falling onto it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> well, I, I did have that. I have an ex-boyfriend that um, that does the suit skydiving. Oh yeah, like he flies, like he jumps yeah. out and then with the wind resistance shoots. Wow. Well, like what? What are those like? Uh, and like, he really wanted to get away from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if he would appreciate. I'm not going to say it, but like he has a reason that to not care if he falls out of a plane. Okay. But <laughs> he's not going to. I went. I went skydiving. Sorry, Darren. I went skydiving. Really? Oh, yeah. Yep. I so uh in Grand Bend, Ontario, I don't know if you still can do it, it's the only place in Ontario where you can free fall your first time from ten thousand feet. So you jump out and you're not tandem to someone, but they're holding on to you, and then you have to pull your own chute, and then you pull your own chute, and then you're by yourself and you gotta fly in and land by yourself. I fucking hated every minute of it. <laughs> I, I every fucking minute of it. I have footage of not only jumping out, but they land before you, and they're talking. Oh, he loved it. He loves it. I land. I look right in the camera. I will never fucking do this again. I and most people are like, yeah, let's do it again. I'm like, I will fucking never do this again. Yeah, that doesn't appeal to me at all. I hated every minute of it. I told that story about uh, going parasailing. Uh, and like it was like Lethbridge, Alberta. There was like a, a boat, and you could go parasailing. And, and like, and like at the last minute, the guy forgot to tell me to jump up and put the cushion underneath my ass. Right. So it was basically just a strap giving me a wedgie for yep. about fifteen minutes up in the air. Yep. So like the pressure of uh, the amount of pressure, air pressure from like the, the 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 sail being caught, and then that just pulling up. And your groin, and I was trying to wave at him to slow down. I didn't know what. And then, so the you know the the, the guy who's driving the boat, he just looks yeah. back and he waves too. And then they're like, uh, "Hey, if you want it, we'll uh, we'll slow down and we'll dip your feet in the water." And that's I'll be like, "Yeah, okay, sure." And then so uh, and then so they kind of dip the thing, and everyone's waving at you, and I'm like, "Please stop, stop, stop!" And then and then people are doing this hand gesture back as well, and and then I was just I kept on trying to pull myself up and put the seat down and. Oh, it was so painful, but you know. And then I tried to tell my mom that, and she was like, "That cost us thirty-five dollars." Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you know. So I think at number number eighteen, we're all probably going to say yes. Had a one night stand. Oh please, of course I yeah. have. Yeah. My whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think I have. Bullshit, Dave. Come on, Dave. No. Well, okay, well, what do you say a one night stand is? Is that like? Have meet someone, have sex with someone, never see them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then no. What? But I've always Are seen. Are you that someone. clingy? Are you that clingy? Wow. I guess like you well, can't leave a woman alone. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Well, then, yeah, yeah. Then a restraining order comes soon after that. Yeah, yeah. That that counts. That counts, Dave. Will you be my mommy? <laughs> yeah, that's how. What uh, that's how it usually happens. But no, no. Actually, I don't I mean, like you guys to stop talking to me. I just have sex with them and. And then they take off, and I'm like, Whoo. oh, but no, but that, but that's like waving at a guy when you, you know, you sort of like when if he lets your car in first, you know, mm -hmm. and then you and then then you wave at him, and you go, oh, oh, she likes me, 
You know, if you have sex once, you're, I'm always sort of like, well, we do that okay. Maybe we can do that <laughs> as well, you know? If you, Dave, is I, always, Dave is always thinking the long game, Kathleen. Yeah, I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah. Dave is always running a long con, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So uh, as far as that, if that's how you define a one-night stand, then I've never technically okay. had one. Number 19 is skinny dipped. Well... <laughs> are we waiting for me to answer this? No, well, I mean, I, I skinny dipped. I skinny dipped. Yeah, I was in uh at Candle Lake in Saskatchewan, and then uh, I was out the night before a show. Like I went there the night before, and they put me in this cabin on the lake because they forgot to book me a room, and the hotel was full, and it was nice. And then uh, there was a female rugby team, and I thought we were all going skinny dipping, like a huge. Oh, you broke out. Okay. Hold on okay, hold on go ahead, Dave. What about you? Have you skinny dipped? Oh, okay. Uh, I did it like for a few minutes when I was up at a cottage once, but I've seen too many horror movies where I'm worried about some like electric eel going up my ass or something like that. Yeah, that is. I I worry about that too, actually. Yeah, or, no or like some weird bug going up yeah. my asshole and you yes, know, and ruining my rest like of that the that that layer of Zeller's. Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, fucking fabric is going to stop an eel from going up your asshole. Yeah. Well, but I have to tell this story. I have to tell yeah, this story. Go ahead. Yeah, so the rugby team. Yeah, the rugby team. No rugby team came. It was just me and two dudes. And then the next morning, I wake up and the guy that owns the marina is like, oh, did you have a good night? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, what do you mean you know? He goes, there's motion sensor cameras all over the place. Yeah. He's like, I got an alarm at 2 a.m. Okay. <laughs> and I just see you and two dudes naked in a lake. Okay. I got a story. I got, I can tell you off the record. Remind me at the end, off the record, to tell you okay. a story about okay. that. Okay. So, okay. All right. You can tell it. Then, like, a few years later, I was in Prince Albert doing a show. And after the show, this guy came in the bar. He, he, didn't, he didn't come to the show. And he comes in the bar. And he was like, do you remember me? And I was like should i and he goes we skinny dipped at candle lake i was like oh my god oh <laughs> it keeps haunting me it because it, every time i go back to saskatchewan someone's like i know the guy you skinny dipped with i'm like who is this guy well all, not- i don't think you should i don't think you should skinny dip what's the place called candle lake yeah, candle. yeah that sounds like a fucking friday the 13th part nine yeah the funny part was it was very shallow there was like you had to like sit down to be covered in water uh. really just running around naked <laughs> yeah, like, well, this other guy must not have been very memorable in in so many ways that you didn't. Oh, at all. we're not very memorable, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest so, with you. So the last one is so funny because number twenty is been drunk. So of course, not only have we all been drunk, but I think yeah. for Dave, he probably did all of these twenty while he was drunk. <laughs> Which one did I do? Number twenty. What? All you of probably them. skinny dipped. Probably skydive drunk. You met a celebrity drunk. Smoked, gotten a piercing, been on a cruise, been on TV, drunk, you have. Well, never a piercing. Uh, uh, I, that's not ha- ever happened. Uh, been arrested, yes. Got a ticket, yes. Sung karaoke, drunk, yes. Uh, got a tattoo, drunk, probably. No, no. Been a limo, drunk, yes. Oh, I once got drunk. I got drunk during a tattoo, but that's only because she offered thing. Yep, there you go. Getting a tattoo. Hmm? That means you were drunk getting a tattoo. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't show up drunk. Doesn't no, matter. but you did okay. get 
right. broken a bone. Yep, yep. So almost all twenty, Dave. So there we go. Okay. All right, that's the twenty. That's the list for this. That's it. We're done with the list. That's how many episodes did that take us? What's that? How many episodes did that take us to get through that list? Four. Four episodes. Five an episode. Oh. Five each episode. Well, yeah, but it's. I think it was more than four because Dave has very long stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done a lot of shit. What, what can I say? There we go. Let's end it there. All right. Now oh. we'll go off. All Wait. Right. No, oh, okay. Yeah. That, so you, you have a story so now to tell us? Ten years ago, I went to L.A. Ten years ago? Yeah. Maybe or five years ago. Five okay, years so this ago. Is not, we're not, we're not, this is not going to be on the thing. Okay. No. Okay. Five years ago, I go to L.A. with my wife for our anniversary. Uh, and then we go to um, Miami. No, not to Miami. Sorry, we go to um, Russell's house in. Where is it again? Anyways, in Malibu? Malibu in Malibu, and you know Brandy gets a little, and it's our. Right.